0: Before we get started, I just wanted to take a minute to ask for your help. Since 2014, Ascension has been producing uh, videos on YouTube and podcasts and articles that have just blessed a bunch of people uh, with the truth and the beauty of the Catholic faith. Now, every week, Ascension produces 18 different podcasts and YouTube videos, including The Bible on a Year, including, including Ascension Presents, and even this show as well. Now, while the content is free to consume. It is not necessarily free to make. With the rising costs of everything in the world these days, Ascension is asking you to do something kind of bold. If you or someone you love has been blessed by the content that has been created by Ascension, would you be willing to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry? You can visit ascensionpress.com support or you can even just follow the link in the description below. Again, the website is ascensionpress.com support. And even if you can't give financially at this time, please keep the Ascension team and every one of us involved in your prayers. That would be phenomenal. Thank you and God bless. I know I don't need to, but it's okay. I'm gonna do it anyways. Nope, gonna do it anyway. Nope, clap. Hi, my name's Father Mike Schmitz and this is Ascension Presents. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch. To say that we're in the midst of a bit of a crisis. In fact, you know, you kind of pick your crisis right now. We have a we have an epidemic of loneliness among people, particularly men. We have an epidemic of meaninglessness among so many people, uh, particularly men. We have an epidemic of a loss of uh, purpose and direction among so many people, especially men. We have a loss of even a sense of God and a sense of the fact that He actually has commissioned every Christian, every baptized Catholic into the world to like have a vocation. We have a crisis of not knowing who God is, not knowing the heart of the Father. And this is not just situational, not just occasional. This is kind of pervasive, it's cultural. So in this kind of world, sometimes we can be tempted to just say, oh my gosh, what what do we do? Can't do anything. But there are some people who recognize these things, right? There's some kind of people who come among us and they're like, you know what? You can do something about this. Um, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It doesn't start with a, a, a massive movement. It doesn't start with a organization. It doesn't necessarily even start with, um, like here's a new rule. A lot of times what it starts with is it starts with an individual. Maybe it even starts with a group of friends who come together and say, can we do something? Not massively huge, but can we do something small in my own life? Can I do something small in my own life That will remedy some of these things. You know, a bunch of years ago, there were some young men, they were seminarians. Um, Some of them seminarians have gone on to become priests and some of those men discerned out. Some are single and some are married now with raising families. But these Young seminarians, these young men with maybe a priest or two kind of guiding them, they recognize this crisis. They recognize that here we are in a, in a seminary full of men, but we don't have any close, real close brotherhood. We, here we are in a seminary full of uh, guys who are praying, but, you know, do we really experience that ca- encounter with the Lord? Here we are as men striving for freedom in Jesus, but they found themselves still slaves to so many of the things that enslave all of us, whether that be technology, whether that be pornography, whether that be um, a sense of, again, meaninglessness. Comfort. And they said, how would the saints react? They asked the question, how would the saints respond to this? And they didn't ask the seminary for like, can you create a program for us? They didn't you know, <laughs> write to the Pope and say, hey, what are the new rules? What they did was they said, let's study the lives of the saints. How could we incorporate into our lives these practices that the saints would live that brought them to, from the place of slavery to a place of freedom, that brought them from a place of, of death to a place of life. Like in the Old Testament, like when the people of Israel, the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and God brought them from that place of slavery and death to a place of freedom and life in the Exodus. So what they did is they made a decision and it was just at first a decision for themselves. They called it Exodus 90. And they said, okay, for for three months, for 90 days, we're gonna to come together as brothers and we're going to share life in a unique way that we're not doing yet. We're going to pray in a way that maybe some of us aren't doing yet. We're going to um, intentionally eliminate some things in our lives that we realize have kind of addictive qualities to them. Again, whether that be the internet, whether that be entertainment or certain kinds of music. We're gonna actually even make ourselves slightly uncomfortable on a regular basis. We're gonna deny ourselves on a regular basis So as we experience just some freedom that I can realize, not only experience freedom, but also I realize I have a strength to be able to say no to myself and I can offer that up for my brothers and I can offer that up for the people people I love. Unite that with Jesus. So what they did was they came up with a list of things they thought would help every one of them. So Exodus 90 was born. It's gone on from those humble beginnings of these seminarians with maybe a couple priests to now men across the country and around the world will typically beginning in, it may stand somewhere around January after the new year in a way that the 90 days leads up to Easter Sunday. So right, you have 40 plus days or so of Lent and then you have 40 plus days or so before that that add up to the 90 days. And men, again, it's incredible, incredible. Every, men from, from high schoolers to grandfathers have come together from, from single men to married men to priests to seminarians, like all these people, and everyone in between, have come together and said, okay, here's what we need to do. I'm going to adopt some of these ascetical practices, right? Some of these decisions to deny myself. I'm going to adopt this cycle of prayer. I'm going to adopt um, this brotherhood. And, and these are going to be kind of the buckets. These are going to be kind of the keys that I'm going to use to have that journey from slavery to freedom, a journey from, from sorrow into joy, even if it's a little difficult. So what are some of the practi- practices? What are some of the, the practicals they would do? Well, um, on one hand, they would say, okay, uh, this is the big one. For so many people, we're going to take cold showers. Now, when they first came up with the literature, they said cold or lukewarm showers. So since I remember that, when I first read it, I'm like, I'm doing the lukewarm showers. <laughs> I know at the same time, just cold showers. Cold showers, whenever you take a shower, it's cold. Um, also, uh, there's days of fasting, Wednesdays and Thursdays. So they would have the normal, like two small meals with one regular size meal with no, sack- no snacking in between for those 90 90- days. Um, No sugary drinks or no pop, or in other places of the world, they call it soda pop. Um, Other practices, um, abstaining from meat, I think on Wednesdays and Fridays. There would be practices about identifying some of those snares for a lot of guys, whether that be entertainment or music or internet. And they said, okay, so no entertainment, um, no music unless it lifts the soul to God, and no use of the internet unless I need it for school or for work. That's just in limiting this because why? Because we're so distracted, we're so distressed by all these things. They also said, you know what? As men, we want to be strong. So there was a commitment to a certain number of hours of working out, exercising per week. Also, the striving after eight hours of sleep, which is really remarkable. Again, that's about punishing oneself. It's about living in a healthy way, like living freedom. To be able to go to sleep on time is a gift, but it also takes takes a lot of self-control. In that, there's also times for prayer. I think it was something like 20 minutes a day, that's all. Reading through their reflections, the book of Exodus and some reflections on the book of Exodus. If you can go to daily mass to do that, if you can pray rosary to do that. And then lastly, something that people often miss is this is not just about like white knuckling something. It's not about like, can you do it? Can you survive the 90 days of Exodus 90? That's not what it's all about. It's yes, about some freedom. It's a yes, it's about like growing in your prayer life. Yes, it's about being able to say no to myself so I can say yes to the Lord. Yes, it's about offering up some sacrifices for the people that I love and for the salvation of the world but also there's this thing called brotherhood. <laughs> so every Exodus 90 person has an Exodus 90 group or a fraternity, some brothers that they're meant to check in with on a regular basis at least once a week with even some fun things they would do like, like in a social way where they're not just like being honest with each other although that's very important but also kind of sharing life with each other. Sometimes people when they miss, they miss that part. They can do like the penances and they can do um, the cold showers and they can they can hopefully go to sleep for eight hours a day. But there's something about, okay, will I be honest and vulnerable with the men in my Exodus 90 group? That brotherhood, remember, as I said, there is a crisis of loneliness, a crisis of friendlessness, a crisis of meaninglessness among so many of us, men and women. Exodus 90 is when a man realizes that's part of my life. I can do something about this. I don't need someone else to make a program, but here is the decision. Because Exodus 90 isn't really a program as much as it is um, an opportunity. It's an opportunity for men to come together and say, we're tired of being slaves. We want freedom. We're tired of living a life of meaninglessness. I want purpose. I'm tired of living a life isolated and alone. I want brotherhood. So here's my invitation. This upcoming January, or actually before January, my invitation is to start putting the word out. Maybe even go to exodus90.com and to check out their website and to, to, to see, hey, are there any guys in my life who would be willing to take this journey, this journey of 90 days with me, 90 days of brotherhood, of prayer, of asceticism, 90 days of freedom, 90 days toward freedom, and to ask some of those guys. Now, it can be daunting, but you don't have to be daunted. It might seem extreme, but listen, it's not extreme. It's basically living. I mean, we really think about this. All those penances, all that asceticism, it's not gonna hurt you. It's basically living like most of humanity lived for basically the history of humanity. It's basically living how most of the world lives right now as it is. So it's not gonna hurt you. It might actually help you. Anyways, that's what I'm saying. Pray about it, talk about it. Maybe invite some men to do it, and then commit to it. For all of us here, this presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.